Welcome to the Impact Diaries with Heidi Fisher. In this episode, Heidi examines issues to consider when it comes to the economic impact of your activities, plus how tiny changes in how you use technology have an enormous cumulative effect on carbon. Find out why Heidi's no fan of carbon offset programs and hear about proactive and realistic steps you can take right away to ensure you're not consuming and creating for the sake of it. Here's your host, Heidi Fisher. Welcome back to the Impact Diaries. Heidi, hello. Hi, Jamie. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Exciting time of year. Exciting to talk about economic, environmental and tech impact as well. Yeah, um, so um, let's start with the economic impact. Great stuff. Okay, so what exactly is economic impact? Okay, so economic impact is the impact that your organisation has on the economy. So there are set, um, several elements to that in that you might be supporting people to get into employment, which improves their personal economic situation, or you might be doing something more widely within your local or regional or national economy in terms of trying to support businesses to grow Um and then obviously in terms of economic impact it's very much a focus for any public sector contracts that you um, are um, commissioned to deliver so uh, economic impact can filter through not just in terms of what you decide to focus on as an organisation but it can also be the priorities of the commissioner Um, and that is the that side of economic impact is focused on what you are actually delivering externally. The Mm. other aspect of economic impact is then the fact that you exist as an organisation, you have an economic impact because you potentially employ people, train people, have volunteers, you spend money locally or with um, suppliers purchasing things. So you as an organisation also have an economic impact. Okay, great. Now, I've looked at some economic impact analyses in the past, and uh, uh, you see numbers banded around like FTE, full-time equivalent, number of full-time equivalent jobs created. Quite often you see GVA, uh, gross value added calculations as well. And as you mentioned, the public sector uh, and commissioners can can be comfortable with these figures. They can be figures that they are used to using and want to see in terms of outputs and so and so on are there other ways to measure economic impact yeah so obviously um we've we've talked before about social return on investment um which is very similar to gross value added anyway in terms of the the types of um approach to it and also the the valuations that you can use so people like the um the national toms spreadsheet so that's the national themes outcomes and measures spreadsheet not the therapeutic outcome measures um mm. so don't get the two confused they're both toms but um the the national toms is is um a spreadsheet that has a and also a system that you can use that will do a lot of the economic impact calculations for you as well as some of the environmental ones around your supply chain and they they have got a covid update to it so there is some elements around the impact that 
um, you're having through COVID that you can calculate in there. But the idea is to to get those financial values, and obviously that's a priority where you're you're delivering to the the public sector. But for a a, what I would call a regular organisation that perhaps isn't so focused on public sector contracts, they can track the 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 number of jobs they create either internally or through the, the support they provide to their beneficiaries. They can also track the number of hours of volunteering they have and put a monetary value to that. And mm. so the, the, the thing with economic impact is that it's quite a nice one because most of the things are pretty obvious it's not like a, what we've talked about in a lot of the previous epi- episodes which is around the the social impact which is is more about how people perceive that their behaviors beliefs or attitudes have potentially changed it's with economic impact it's pretty obvious that it's happened so you know somebody starts a business somebody gets a job somebody gets a qualification fairly straightforward um in 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 many ways and you mentioned the toms there the uh, the national toms framework and the covid priority measures introduced on top of the um standard measures as mm-hmm. well do you have a view on wh- where the toms are um, useful and where they're yes less useful what type of contracts um so that for me the 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 toms is more useful at the moment for economic and environmental impact um mm. particularly within the the supply chain the environmental impact it's less useful for the the social types of impact because um, a lot of the things that that organizations are achieving perhaps around somebody being more motivated having more confidence um aren't um so evident in in that um the free spreadsheet that's available yes i see i see great the the other um just to to mention in terms of the other types of economic impact and things that organizations can report on are things around paying the the living wage um and kind of the the employee conditions that you provide so whether you you offer flexible working um whether you're you've got um like a proactive policy around how um people with caring or um other responsibilities and what kind of leave you give people um as well as obviously looking at if you're using um freelancers or self-employed people that you also apply the same kind of principles to to any contracts that you have with them Mm. yes okay how does an organization um, improve its practices if it wants to be exemplary in in those ways i think it all it all starts with doing some surveying with your your current staff um asking for honest feedback about what what they like about their role so if if you've got really good levels of engagement people are able to to feed into their roles and have an impact within the organization in terms of the design and delivery of programs all of that is is good positive impact whereas if it's very much a top-down approach in that people don't get to have any input then it's it's a very different kind of in, um organization and environment to work in but i think the other area within this that's that's important to think about is what are the the prospects and and opportunities for for personal development for somebody who's within your organization and how do you um enable that process 
as as a, a chief exec or, or leader or manager. Are there uh, examples of organisations where you think they do this wonderfully well? To be honest, I think there's a lot of smaller organisations that do this really well because mm-hmm. they they haven't lost sight of their their values and their ethos and often as you grow that that sort of tends to get forgotten a little bit I'm not saying always but um, it it tends to be the smaller organizations where they they really are very supportive of their staff okay so we've talked about a few aspects of economic impact there is there anything else you want to add or should we move on to environmental impact um, let's move on to environmental impact. Okay, great. Now, this is where I get to um, ask you about carbon offset programs because I know you absolutely love them. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, they, they're probably um, for environmental impact. Carbon offset programs are probably the the, the world's worst nightmare in in a lot of cases. And I'm, I apologise to anybody that has set up a social enterprise specifically to offset carbon, um, but in most cases that there was a report that came out I can't think who who did it um two or three months ago and they they literally slated carbon offset programs because Mm. they they said you know we we think we're we're offsetting the carbon but in most cases they they never actually delivered on the offsetting that they'd promised but the the bigger fundamental issue with carbon offsetting programs is that it it doesn't stop you consuming. No. It, it basically just gives you a, a level of comfort that it's okay to keep buying and consuming and having an impact on the environment because you think your carbon that you're creating through all your consumption and purchasing is being offset. Um, so they they are a, a big no from me if that's kind of the approach that you're taking to to minimize or, or manage your environmental impact because the likelihood is that they aren't having any impact or or very no. very minimal impact on your carbon levels um Indeed. so um and then leading on from that is all these um multinationals proclaiming they're going to be carbon neutral or carbon negative by 2050 and things like that and it's like you know that that's 30 years away can we can we actually be serious about this um there was a a lady who'd um posted something about this on linkedin funnily enough yesterday and she was saying um with the the wrapping for for cadbury's um chocolates um Mm. for their um like the, the chocolates that you give out to children for Christmas where there's like a pack of them all together and how much plastic there was compared to how much chocolate was actually in there. And they they were saying, you know, they they were aiming to be carbon um, neutral and have all, all of their um, packaging from recyclable sources and various things by by 2050 and she was like if if the products were banned tomorrow in terms of the the packaging product products um we would see how quickly they would be able to change and create new packaging and i just thought yes she's she's completely hit the nail on the head there um in terms of of that issue it's that there is no no pressure for organisations, um, multi, particularly people that um, people still purchase and buy their stuff. There's no pressure for them to change. Um, 
but um, getting then focusing down on what organizations as social entrepreneurs we can do is to be really conscious of the the environmental impact that we create as organizations so who are we buying from um, how long do we keep our our products and equipment before we replace them um, because every time you replace a phone or a computer that that's obviously creating more carbon because yes. you know one is going to to either be recycled and reused or it's going to landfill or dump somewhere but the the creation of a new computer or or phone um, requires the materials and, and initial resources to go into that process and it, depending on who you're purchasing from that they potentially have um, slavery child slavery trafficking etc in their supply chain at some level and they they don't even know about it themselves because they've never done a full analysis of their supply chain and they're probably not paying the living wage um, no. because their their supply chain is potentially global and you know after a, a couple of levels down on their supply chain they have absolutely no idea who who's in that supply chain so the more we can switch to buying local buying um, products that are, are being reused and repurposed etc um, the, the more we we can have confidence in our supply chain and we can talk about that more confidently when we're we're talking about the environmental impact we have um, yes. the other area in terms of environmental impact that uh, a lot of organizations are shifting to is this full life cycle analysis of their products mm. in, and um, really understanding everything that's happened in terms of the materials and resources that have gone into producing their products and also what will happen to them after people stop using them so yeah. how how many um wearing um how many times you need to wear an item of clothing how many times you need to to use um your computer etc for it to have um balanced out the the carbon that would have been created during the production process um and we've had um obviously been london where on and she was talking about the um, life cycle analysis of her the bags that she produces completely from recycled materials um, and we've also started to see organizations creating impact receipts which is essentially says you know this is the 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 carbon impact of producing this product um, and this is this is how long you need to keep it um, to to have um, kind of balance that out and that that kind of stuff so it's really fascinating um the other area that is is coming into prominence more and partly pushed through because of um all of the the digitization through covid is um the the tech impact that we have because it it actually creates carbon to send emails it Obviously, we we think if our data is stored in the cloud, that it's sort of invisible to us, but it is still physically stored somewhere. You know, there's a, a big storage unit somewhere housing all of your data center. Yeah, and there's yeah. so many of these now. Yeah, yeah, that that is storing your data and creating carbon mm. by by powering that. So um, 
as an organization we we can think about you know do do we really need to send that email that says thank you um it's like <laughs> what do i do with a thank you email delete it <laughs> yeah. um but sending it obviously has a, a carbon impact because it's going through the system and using data to be sent um if you then um, keep all your emails and don't um, keep your inbox tidy and delete things then that is again more storage of emails like my personal email is um, I get so much spam and junk in it it's literally I, I spend ages just deleting stuff um, but it, a it's a, a good process to get into in terms of thinking about the amount of data we're creating mm. and then also with your files on your computer is to, to have a clear out of those and, and take stuff off your, your computers and systems that you don't need any longer you yes. can obviously store it on um, USBs um, external drives that you can then obviously plug back in if you need them but they're not using any any um co- they're not creating any carbon by existing on a, a virtual cloud and then also um as we've mentioned about things like your computers and how long you keep them for before you replace them yes. um just to make sure that we're getting as much of of an impact in terms of a positive impact out of that product because um i th- I think the data was that if you um, replaced it or if you kept a, um, a computer for another six months, then then the, the carbon um, impact would reduce by 40%. That's so, really staggering. That's yeah, a big, but, big Yeah, difference. so it was like, because I think it was that if you kept it for two years and and then replaced it, then it it was you know you you hadn't really done much but if you just kept it for another at least another six months then it 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 was that additional six month period that made the the biggest impact um because it's just extending the production the the life of that product um but yeah for organizations it's really about tracking your your energy usage your water usage how much stuff goes to landfill um how much um things you recycle etc which are all just numbers that we we can quite easily capture because we can look at what our electricity bill is um etc but if you've got people working from home then it's you know do you really need to have a video call or could you just simply pick up the phone um because that will have less um carbon impact um and that that's where we've we've seen um you know in terms of everyone is always focused on flying and saying that has a massive impact in terms of carbon actually the the things that have um are going to have more of an impact than flying um if we it, the growth continues at the current level is actually um the the data bandwidth that you use for video conferencing yes. and calls <laughs> um yeah. so you know, it, it's not travel that's the the big thing anymore, which used to be the thing that everyone focused on when they were looking at their environmental impacts. Mm. And quite a lot of organisations are um, sitting 
pretty this year going well our, our environmental yeah. impact is very low because yeah but, the, but in reality that they're, they're not we no. you know we think oh we haven't traveled down to london we haven't had to fly anywhere you know people haven't been driving all over the place so our, you know we've not created any carbon but by switching to video calls and using online systems more we, we're still creating carbon and it it's you know are, are we actually creating more carbon or is it less still? Um, and most organisations are not even thinking and having that conversation at all. No, indeed. And it's really, it, it can be really, really difficult when you start doing this because um, you then get people say, uh, making accusations like, oh, well, do you want everyone to live in sort of hair shirts and sandals and so on? And And it's quite easy to point the finger without necessarily taking your your own action you're advocating a kind of thoughtful approach and an awareness if an organization feels that well you know we're a social enterprise we need to um, uh, win contracts with the public sector they expect us to have video calls as part of that process or whatever what steps realistically can people take Um, have you seen people um, minimize this this year as with everything that i i advocate for around impact is is that you you take steps that are manageable and Mm. and easy for you to implement it doesn't mean that you don't take any steps um it means that you 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 do the things that you can do and a very easy thing is to say you know does it need to be a, a video call or or is it could I actually just have a phone call? Yes. Um, do I need to send this email? Can I have I checked that I I I'm not keeping unwanted spammy type emails in my email box yes. and just yeah. delete them? You know, they're 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 easy things, but if everyone in an organization does it, that adds up to I don't know how many gigabytes of data that's gone because we don't need it you know if you're keeping five or six versions of a document um get rid of the first five and keep the most up-to-date one (laughs) yeah this makes absolute sense it's really about do taking proactive steps it's not about waking up tomorrow and living in a completely different world (laughs) and and saying you know we're going to ban all these things but it comes back to the this approach of do do we need to, do we really need to do this do we need to buy this and and just making sure that you're you're not just consuming and creating stuff for the sake of it that actually it it's necessary mm-hmm. um so i think that's where i'd i'd end probably in terms of this this episode is that you know just take the steps you can but appreciate that you need to consider whether it it's something that has to be done and has to happen in that way. Yes, those are really simple steps that you can take in terms of uh, document and file and email hygiene. And the cumulative impact of that, as you've described, can be enormous uh, mm-hmm. organisationally and then across the, the UK and across the world. So thank you very much indeed, Heidi. Impact diaries have covered a lot. So um, as we approach, uh, as we approach 2021, as we record this in December 2020, we can look forward to more exciting interviews on your podcast with uh, with a range of uh, social entrepreneurs creating impact themselves. We can look forward to a fantastic book coming out. Tell us a little bit more. 
Yeah, so the the book Impact First will finally be out just before the end of this year. Um, all being well, touch wood. Um, the the printers are are, are very um, busy, so they're they're not promising the delivery before Christmas now. But um, yeah, all all being well and good, the the book will will go live um, just before the end of the year and then those of you that have already pre-ordered copies will will get them early 2021. Excellent well this is the best way I could possibly imagine to make 2021 impactful. Read the book and manage, measure and create even more, maximise your impact. Heidi what a pleasure it always is to uh, talk on this podcast, thanks ever so much for talking with us today. That's all right. Take care. Thank you. You've been listening to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. Before you go, a quick announcement. Heidi's second book, Impact First, The Social Entrepreneur's Guide to Measuring, Managing and Growing Your Impact will be published soon. And you can pre-order a limited edition hardback version of the book through Heidi's website. The book gives you the know-how to measure, manage and communicate your impact so that you can grow your social enterprise. Go to makeanimpactcic.co.uk forward slash my dash book dash impact dash first to find details if you've enjoyed the podcast why not leave a review or rating and if you'd like to be on the show then please get in touch via my website makeanimpactcic.co.uk thank you for listening